Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. It says of Hezekiah, he did right in the eyes of God by tearing down all of these high places and all of these altars. He did what was right, and now the enemy is twisting that and trying to convince him that what he did that was right was wrong and that the Lord is displeased with him and disappointed in him. And our enemy will do the same thing and get us confused about what God really says and what God really thinks. Have you ever done what you believed, really knew, what God wanted you to do and it seemed to blow up in your face? Yeah, that happens sometimes. It's hard to reconcile in your mind and of course those accusing thoughts come. You didn't hear God, you don't even know how to hear God and worse. Well, Pastor Dan will be teaching about this seeming problem using the life of King Hezekiah. He did what he thought was right and it seemed to be an unmitigated disaster. But it was only the setup for a mighty act of God. Stick around and listen. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 36, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. As we continue with our study through Isaiah, Isaiah 36, we're also going to look in the Psalms at Psalm 48. So Isaiah 36 and Psalm 48. Well, the book of Isaiah, as you recall, it has two major divisions. The first division goes from chapter 1 to chapter 39, and then the second division is chapter 40 to chapter 66. So we come now to chapter 36, and chapter 36 begins the end of the first major division. Chapters 36 to 39 are the end of the first half of the book of Isaiah. These are sometimes called the historical section. Of Isaiah. If you've been with us in our Isaiah study, there's a lot of prophecy talking about future events, even looking down to the kingdom age and the tribulation period. And so this section, though, is a historical section, and it describes for us the transition between the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Empire. Up to now, the Assyrians have been the world superpower. So much of this first half of Isaiah has been addressing the issue of Assyria. They've dominated the world. They're the greatest threat to Judah up to now. And so what we're going to see happen in these chapters of 36, 37, and then into chapters 38 and 39, Assyria will pass off the scene and Babylon will become the world empire. And so there's going to be this transition that takes place where Babylon now becomes the dominant world empire. And then that takes us into chapter 40. That begins the second section of Isaiah. Chapters 36 and 37 that we're going to look at, they describe for us the invasion of Judah by the Assyrians. We've been building up to this. This has been this ongoing threat and concern for the southern kingdom of Judah that Assyria will invade. In chapters 36 and 37, Assyria invades the southern kingdom of Judah, and they lay siege to the city of Jerusalem. This takes place in about 701 B.C., and 
This invasion by Assyria and the siege of Jerusalem is one of the most well-documented events in ancient history. In the Bible, we have Isaiah's account of it here in chapters 37 and 38. Second Kings 18 describes this invasion and attack of Jerusalem. Second Chronicles chapter 32 also describes it. But these events are also recorded in Assyrian documents. The king of Assyria at that time, Sennacherib, he kept a documentation of all of his invasions and all of his conquests, detailed reports of the nations that he conquered. So we also have the records from Assyria, these written records from the Assyrian Empire. Archaeologists have also discovered these stone reliefs these stone carvings that depict the invasion of Judah and the attack against the cities of Judah and the city of Jerusalem. The largest one is called the Conquest of Lachish. It's a stone relief. It's 70 feet long, and it's in the British Museum today, but it depicts the battle scenes and the people of Judah that are conquered and carried away as slaves to Assyria. And so these chapters, we have a lot of documentation for them, both in the Bible and outside the Bible, in Assyrian historical documents and artifacts that have been found. In verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, he's king of the southern kingdom of Judah, in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, now watch what it says, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them or conquered them. Now, let me just give you some background here for what's taking place. Uh, When Sennacherib is king of Assyria, that is when Assyria is at the zenith of their power. They are the, the dominant world power. They're aggressively expanding their kingdom. Uh, All the nations of the Middle East are threatened by Assyria, and this is when they are the most powerful. And there there was an occasion now where the Babylonian Empire is on the rise and threatening Assyria, and many nations saw that as an opportunity to rebel against the Assyrian authority, including Judah under King Hezekiah. And so at this time, as Assyria is preoccupied with dealing with Babylon, many nations start to revolt and rebel against the Assyrian authority, including Judah, including King Hezekiah. Uh, If you're taking notes, you don't have to turn there. But 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 7, there it says that Hezekiah rebelled against the king of Assyria. 2 Kings 18, 7 that this is when Hezekiah rebelled against the king of Assyria and stopped serving him. He stopped paying tribute money to the Assyrians. And many other nations to the west of Assyria also at that same time decided to stop paying their tribute money, stop paying their dues to Assyria. And so that causes Assyria now to turn west towards these nations, including Judah, to squash their revolt, to stop their rebellion. 
Hezekiah, when he does this, when he rebels against Assyria and he stops paying his tribute money to them, he knows Assyria is not going to just allow him to do this. He knew that Assyria would respond to his rebellion. So Hezekiah does three things. And this is background information to help you understand the context of chapter 36. The first thing he does is he goes and he builds these fortified cities, these garrisons, in an area of Judah called the Shephelah, or the foothills. He knows that the Assyrians are going to come down along the Mediterranean Sea to Judah, because that's the only way they can go. And so what he does is he builds these, these forts, these garrisons, out along the coast, out in the foothills of Judah, close to the coast, and those Fortified cities are going to stop the Assyrian army from invading into Judah and into the interior of Judah and into the area of Jerusalem. And so he builds all these fortified cities out there. And the purpose of them is to stop the Assyrian army from coming across and invading Judah. The second thing that Hezekiah did is he fortified the walls around Jerusalem just in case the Assyrians get through those garrisons and they're able to make it to uh, Jerusalem. He builds up the walls around Jerusalem. If you turn back with me to chapter 22 of Isaiah. Isaiah 22, verse 10 makes a reference to this. Isaiah 22:10 it says, speaking to Hezekiah, you numbered the houses of Jerusalem and the houses you broke down to fortify the wall. So what Hezekiah did is he tore down houses and then used the stones from those houses to build up the wall. Uh, there's an area in Jerusalem today where there's a section of that wall that's still there that runs through the city of Jerusalem. It's called the Broad Wall. It was a wall built by Hezekiah in expectation of an Assyrian attack against the city. So first he built these garrisons out on the frontier, kind of out on the front lines to prevent the Assyrians from coming into Judah. If that didn't work, he fortified the wall. He built up the wall of the city of Jerusalem. And the third thing that Hezekiah did uh, is he dug a tunnel from the Gihon Springs and he brought, that was their water supply for the city of Jerusalem, but it's outside the city walls. So they were concerned about the Assyrians just cutting off their water supply. So he dug a tunnel from the Gihon Springs into the city to bring the water into the city. So he had engineers dig a tunnel through the rock under the city of Jerusalem, 1,750 feet to bring that water into the city of Jerusalem. It's called Hezekiah's Tunnel today. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. 
And so he does these three things in anticipation of the Assyrians invading into the land of Judah because he has rebelled against them. So now, knowing that, look at verse 1 again. Look at what it says. It says, Now it came to pass in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against, look what it says, all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. These are the cities that Hezekiah built to stop the Assyrian army from invading into Judah, that he built out near the coastland to stop them out there, away from the interior of the nation, away from the capital of Jerusalem. This is his one line of defense against the Assyrian army, these fortified cities. And if Assyria gets through these fortified cities, there's nothing to stop them at that point from going all the way to the city of Jerusalem. So Hezekiah, in a sense, is putting all of his eggs in that basket. That if I build these fortified cities out there, away from Jerusalem, I'll stop them and fight them out there and prevent them from coming in here. But it says in verse 1, Assyria took all the fortified cities and conquered them and destroyed them. Sennacherib in his records tells us it was 46 cities. So Hezekiah built 46 cities to stop the Assyrian army, and the Assyrians destroyed all of them. And so now there's nothing stopping them. There's nothing preventing them from coming into the interior of Judah and to the city of Jerusalem. All 46 cities in Judah are destroyed. Sennacherib also tells us in his records he took 200,000 soldiers, prisoners uh, from those battles. And so now at this point, Jerusalem is the only city left standing in Judah. He's wiped out all the cities except for the capital city of Judah. In verse 2, Then the king of Assyria sent, notice, the Rabshakeh with a great army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. Lachish was one of those fortified cities. And it's believed it was the last of the fortified cities that Assyria conquered and defeated. And now it becomes Assyria's headquarters. This battle of Lachish is so significant that this is the battle that is depicted in the relief carvings in the, the, the uh, throne room of the king of Assyria that archaeologists found. This is the one that's 70 feet long, and it's in the British Museum depicting in detail the battle and defeat of Lachish. And so Lachish was the last stand. It was the last garrison. The name Lachish means invincible. And so they had this city that was invincible. And the Assyrians systematically destroyed 45 of these fortified cities. They get to Lachish. That's the last one. And that's the, you know, the greatest battle that takes place. And they defeat Lachish. That's the last stronghold. It falls into the hands of the Assyrians. Now they can advance to Jerusalem. It was the last hope to stop the Assyrians. Archaeologists have excavated the city of Lachish, and they have found six to ten feet of ash and debris from the city. Uh, the Assyrians leveled the city and burned it to the ground. Six feet of ash from Lachish. And so now, because Lachish is the last city to fall, now Assyria can march right to Jerusalem uh, 
Hezekiah's strategy is not working. His big plan and all of his trust in all of these fortified cities has failed. And notice in verse 2 again, the leader of the Assyrian army is called the Rabshakeh. Rabshakeh is not a name, it's a title. It means the chief. And so this is like the field general of the Assyrian army. And he goes to Jerusalem now with his great army. In verse 2 it says, And he stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool, which is north of the city of Jerusalem, on the highway to the fuller's field, verse 2, and Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joha, the son of Asaph, the recorder, they came out to him. And so the, the, you know, King Hezekiah seen, sends an envoy now, these three men, out from the city of Jerusalem uh, to represent him and to meet with this field general, this Rabshakeh from the Assyrian army. And what we're going to see is... Rabshakeh will demand full surrender from Jerusalem. That they just surrender immediately. Then the Rabshakeh, verse 6, said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, give this message to your king. Thus says the great king. (laughs) Tell your king that the great king has a message for him. And remember, he's wiped out all of the cities. There's only Jerusalem left. And Rabshakeh is there with his army outside the city of Jerusalem. It's, tell your king that the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? I say you speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. Hezekiah, your plans aren't working. Your plans haven't worked. They failed. Now, in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now, look what he says. Look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. Now, the writings of Sennacherib give us some insight about this. In the writings of Sennacherib, we're told that when Assyria was attacking all the fortified cities of Judah and they were falling one after another, that Hezekiah sent messengers down to Egypt asking Egypt to come to their aid. And so Egypt sent an army up to attack the Assyrians and the Assyrians wiped them out. And so now when they come, Rabshakeh, when he comes to Jerusalem, he says... In verse 6, look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt. You put your hope in Egypt, and they couldn't help you. And so at this point, everything Hezekiah has tried has failed. The fortified cities failed. You know, kind of in desperation, he asked for Egypt to come to the rescue. Egypt came, they were defeated. His own strength, his own plans have failed. His human allies could not help him. Nothing's working for Hezekiah. And now he is surrounded by the Assyrian army, and he's in pretty dire straits. Verse 7. Again, this is Rabshakeh speaking. But if you say to me, well, we trust in the Lord our God, Jehovah, 
Is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar? When Hezekiah became king, he instituted religious reforms in the nation. He ordered that all of the high places to idols be torn down and removed. He ordered that all the people would worship Jehovah, Yahweh, at the temple there in Jerusalem. And Rabshakeh, he's aware of this, but he doesn't know enough about it to really understand that the Lord Yahweh is the one who designated the temple in Jerusalem as the one place and the only place that he was to be worshipped. So Rabshakeh thinks that he has torn down the high places to Yahweh that are all over the country, but they were high places to idols. So he thinks that Yahweh will be displeased with King Hezekiah when really Hezekiah did what was right in God's eyes. And so now what he's doing here is he's trying to discourage Hezekiah. He's trying to get in his head and convince him that your God is displeased with you. We have an enemy. And our enemy is referred to as the accuser of the brethren. And quite often he tries to get into our head and tries to convince us that our God is displeased with us and that our God is not for us and that our God is against us. And he tries to discourage our obedience to the Lord. Hezekiah was obedient to the Lord. It says of Hezekiah, he did right in the eyes of God by tearing down all of these high places and all of these altars. He did what was right, and now the enemy is twisting that and trying to convince him that what he did that was right was wrong and that the Lord is displeased with him and disappointed in him. And our enemy will do the same thing and get us confused about what God really says and what God really thinks. He asked me how I We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. Good night.